Chapter 19 of Pee Wee Harris, Fixer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Pee Wee Harris, Fixer by Percy Keith Fitzhugh. Chapter 19 In the Dead of Night. Emerson had still an hour before the arrival of the last train at Bridgeboro. He knew that his people would not be concerned until after that. Stranger to boys though he was, he had a certain self-reliance. Perhaps this was the result of his lonely habit of life. He was also thoughtful. It was only the flaring, rough-and-ready qualities of scouthood that he lacked, and the boy talk. In Bridgeboro, he went into the only place which was open, the Union League Club, of which his father was a member. Here he telephoned to Dr. Harris and said that Walter was with the scouts, searching the woods. He did not say combing the woods. They thanked him and promised not to worry about the busy hero. Emerson mentioned that he was going toward Little Valley on this same business, but did not say why. He then went up Main Street into Ashburton Place and thence to the Little Valley Road, he looked singularly unlike a scout in his natty, conventional suit and shallow-crowned, telescoped hat. His walk seemed to match his way of talking, although one could not possibly say anything worse about it than that it was a gentlemanly walk. Yet boys walked behind him and crudely mimicked him. It seemed strange for him to be upon such an errand. It was unlike the adventurous quest of the scouts in this that it had originated wholly in his mind. Oddly enough, it was evolved from a trifling incident observed in school. Soon he was beyond the last house in Bridgeboro and outside its boundaries. The Van Dorians had been a penurious race, and when they died they seemed to have taken the village with them. But the Van Dorian mansion, destroyed many years before by fire, seemed reincarnated into a thing of picturesque beauty where it sat well back from the road, its jagged ends of masonry and broken turrets, softened by the poetical hand of time and covered with a winding robe of ivy. Small wonder if this old ruin were thought of by one who had been reminded of the romantic English ivy. But no one would ever have thought of Emerson's skybrow climbing about these broken walls and exploring the littered interiors which lay open to the starlight. He entered through an irregular gap in the masonry, which probably had once been a doorway of the old stone mansion. Here was a spacious, unroofed interior, level with the outer ground. A rank profusion of weeds poked up through the rotted remnants of flooring, and all but covered the crumpled masses of copper, which had once been part of the roof. The sound of his own feet moving about in this long deserted place affected him strangely. It seemed as if they were the feet of someone else, unseen but near him. When his foot encountered a crumpled piece of old copper concealed in the weeds, it emitted a kind of flat ringing sound, as if the ghost of some cheery old dinner bell were faintly trying to call the departed household to supper. Emerson was not in the least timid, it is customary to associate timidity, even cowardice, with such demeanor as his. 
it is true that he did not face the horde of mockers and force an issue with them but that was because he did not fully realize that there was any issue or that he was regarded with such humorous disdain if he was too grown up and unfortunately he was he had at least the poise and self-possession of a grown person any one of the bridgeboro boys would have found something excruciatingly funny in this little gentleman tripping about in that grim old ruin but none of them would have been less sensitive to the ghostly surroundings than he he paused in his exploration of the chaotic place and glanced about some small creature of the night a rat perhaps scurried away breaking the solemn stillness with its flight is there any one here emerson asked aloud he waited a few seconds then spoke again his voice emphasized by the stillness and darkness is there any one here there was no answer but a flutter of the drooping ivy which hung on a broken chimney nearby end of chapter 19 recording by john brandon